Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. All right, here we go. Appendix number one, very important topic. It is the truth about alcohol. The truth about alcohol. Again, I'm reading from my book, Help, I'm Addicted. And you can download this uh, anywhere the great books are sold. Also, we do have available uh, at our church website as of now, free copies uh, to download free, of course, um, at Westside Christian Fellowship. And you can get Kindle and other other versions as well. But this is going to be so important because this is a hot topic right now um, when it comes to you know alcohol in the church and the Christian, uh, the heart of a Christian uh, believer and what they should do. Uh, oh yeah, I just saw this. Where am I? So if you know anybody needs help, this is the one to to help them for sure. It's it's all biblically based. The truth about alcohol: true freedom in Christ allows for personal freedoms. Correct. So true freedom in Christ allows for personal freedoms. But most freedoms are intended to work within a framework of social responsibility. Check out Galatians 5.13. So you're probably wondering, but let me tell you up front. Obviously, I can't say the Bible encourage, you know, tells us, you know, don't drink. It's a sin to drink. I mean, obviously, you can see that, you know, some people, but here's what I found. You know, I've dealt with, I'm dealing with some pretty serious issues right now with people and alcoholism destroying their marriages and, and even things worse. I can't go into a lot of detail right now. But um they, um, nine times out of 10, the person who says, no, I'm good. I have an now and that they're, they're struggling. They have an addiction. They need to deal with it. It's the 1%, you know, that like they have a beer now and then they don't even, they're not offended by what I'm about to tell you. Um, it, it's, it's glass of wine here and there. They don't even finish a beer. You know, that that's who, that's who can have one now and then, but most people nine times out of 10, they shouldn't be having one. And you're also walking a very dangerous line. Uh, if you're having it in your home, um, just why even open that door? You know, that's what I don't understand. Why even open that door? And, uh, the alcohol content now obviously is much higher. It's everywhere. We deal with, we use it to deal with, you know, anxiety and, and things like that. So just keep that in mind as I go forward here. Um, and when I, I just said personal freedoms, biblically speaking, operate within a framework of moral responsibility. So yes, you might have the freedom to have a beer. Um, for example, do I have the freedom? Yeah, I guess, you know, could I stop somewhere, grab, grab, grab a beer for the, you know, when I get home? I guess, yeah, the freedom's there, but what will, you know, is it a good idea? That's, that's really what he's saying here. And if you're posting stuff, like I would never post something on, you know, Facebook. Hey, I'm out with my wife. We're having Chardonnay or whatever. And like, you know, it just be, it just so many people would be confused. And that's why, because a person who struggles with alcohol, it's hard for them to understand how another person can enjoy one. And usually the person enjoying one has a couple, has some whiskey, has an IPA that's real strong. So they're feeling it. So I, I can't buy into that, you know, baloney that it's a liberty. Uh, it's really an excuse to continue an addiction for most people. Okay. Got that out of the way. So there's a, there's a responsibility posting it. And I wouldn't post as a Christian favorite wine tasting, favorite beer. It's just, it's, it's kind of immature, uh, because it's not, you don't, you don't flaunt your liberty in front of, of, of others. Uh, food and beverage, for example, are good, but we are warned against extremes such as gluttony and drunkenness. Most anyone who has lived with these abuses understands why. 
So the person who consumes alcohol walks a very fine line between freedom and sin, uh, between responsibility and carelessness, between liberty and abuse. And overindulgence can even disqualify a person from leadership. Check out 1 Timothy 3. Now, this discussion is not about a glass of wine or beer now and then, like I just said. It's about abuse. Damage done to families and individuals demands a closer look. One correspondence that I received uh, stated this. I won't watch my kids be physically abused anymore. My husband's alcohol consumption is killing our family. Another person wrote, leaders in my church don't recognize that they are hurting people by drinking alcohol. One man said, my wife has a coworker and uh, parishioners, uh, oh, I'm sorry, my wife has her coworkers and parishioners even fooled, but she's destroying our family from the inside out. So, and of course, we all know this. I mean, I'm not, and there's, there's other places where people say, well, it's kind of healthy, red wine. Well, go buy some Reservatol. Don't, you don't need it in the red wine. Holy cow, we make excuses, don't we? But yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who have one now and then, they enjoy it. But for the vast majority of people, uh, it, is, it is destructive. And uh, there are families and churches in crisis, and all because liberty has crossed the line. The demands of life often tempt us to seek gratification in alcohol and other things. We must be on high alert in this area because the enemy uses opportune times to draw us away from God. What I mean by that is even a person who has some now and then or, or one now and then, and you know, they, they will lose control. They won't be as filled with the Holy Spirit as they think they are because you can't be filled with two spirits. Even if you, even if you, you know, you have one, 8%, man, I'm kind of feeling this, but I'm going to stop. You're, you're not where you could be or should be spiritually because that has an influence in you. So I just want to encourage people, you know, back in Jesus's day, the wine might have been about 2%, not 12%. Uh, so the line is so thin between freedom and blowing it that it's often hard to determine where we cross the line. Personally, I believe the abstinence, abstinence for most people should be practiced especially if they drink often and in excess. Uh, those are often signs of alcoholism. And we have to remember something that is, I've noticed too, pastoring for years. You'll be, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. Well, I think we have this idea that, yeah, you're not living, you know, uh, uh, outside on a, on a, on a uh, bus bench or at the park or, you know, your teeth falling out, you're living homeless. That alcoholism is at its core, it's, I need this very often to function. So it could be, you know, I, I just had, I think it was just Sunday, a person came up and said they stopped drinking, you know, a thing of gla two glasses of wine um, each night because they had to have it. They realized they were addicted to it. It just, but what happens is it, it's the levels of alcoholism. Some, you know, they, they don't cause nearly as much damage as somebody who is hell bent on having as much as possible and blacking out and things like that. Um, and no one has lost anything by abstaining, but many people have lost a great deal by indulging. Jesus said that wisdom is justified by her children, Luke 7.35. So my thought to you is, what is being produced? What children are being produced from your lifestyle choices in this area? Is your marriage fractured? Are your kids seeing it? Are you unproductive? Uh, even spiritually speaking at church, you don't want to go to church much because you drank a little bit too much the night before. Come on, guys. This is not rocket science. Does this liberty of drinking alcohol result in contentions in the home, hurt feelings, negative comments, and questions about your drinking? Is it dividing friendships or causing unnecessary problems? This is no brainer. This speaks for itself and can be early warning signs of alcoholism. 
Alcohol abuses create a sad commentary on the spiritual condition of the church. We often flaunt liberty and laugh in the face of God's grace. We use this opportunity to post our favorite beer and uh, feature our favorite wine on social media, all under the guise of exercising my liberty. Be careful, Romans 14 has warnings in this area. Ironically, many use Romans 14 to support alcohol use. When the opposite is true, it's better, Paul said, not to do anything that will cause my brother or sister to fall. Talk about twisting scriptures. Now, those who promote abstinence and avoid alcohol altogether are often viewed, some would say, as weak in the faith. But I'd say Romans 14.1. But they're not weak in the faith. They are solid, mature believers who have genuine concerns about flaunting a certain liberty that is destructive. People who are weak in the faith are often those who abuse this liberty, not hold to it. It is selfless motivation of love that keeps us from stumbling and ca- or causing others to stumble. If love is not the motivation, a form of legalism may arise. We all make mistakes, and a holier-than-you attitude is not the right approach. So, my intent is not to argue, but to help those crossing the line. If this article upsets you, it might be an indication that change needs to take place. If you continue to exercise this liberty, keep it private. A few years ago, I attended a conference where pastors were encouraged to meet at a pub after the general sessions. A few of these pastors could exercise their liberty, but, but why so publicly and why announce it? And I wonder how many people at the conference stumbled because of it. And I do know somebody who did. Social media influences us on a broad scale. In Jesus' day, society was much more isolated. No Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. We have no idea how many people are affected by seeing our choices being made on social media. We can either foster temptation just by the things we post, or we can help people in this area. Now, I know it's touchy. Like, you know... You want to show your favorite wine, you're having steak, and you're, you're on a date night with your husband. You know, I got it. I'm just thinking, I'm just, but you be careful. Who, who's looking up to you? I know, you know, alcoholics sees that. They look up to you. You're a leader. And like, well, that, that's, mm, maybe it kind of hurts them a little bit. And maybe they, um, that they definitely want that desire. You know, it's like putting somebody in a bathing suit in front of a man who lusts. It's like putting that up there it, and, and it will draw some people in to want to go get a drink. That I can assure you. And um, so let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Don't play with fire and walk willingly into the enemy's camp. Liberties can easily become habits and habits form addictions. Be honest. How much do you drink? Is it really one beer or a glass of wine now and then? Or is it throughout the week and in large amounts? And this really, really spoke to me. Years ago, me and my wife were going to a church. We weren't even, you know, pastoring yet. And uh, a lot of these people, you know, there was, I I count at least 17 bottles of wine on the table, but it was a pretty big party. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, okay, we're having a glass of wine. You know, that's not a big, but this, this, (laughs) this glass was like the size of a, you know, a size of a, a, um, what do they call those big gauntlet things or whatever? It was like, yes, I'm having my, my one glass of wine. Well, it's almost three quarters of the bottle. Give me a break. And it's a goblet. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, three quarters of a bottle of wine. Or, you know, L beer sometimes has double the alcohol than a normal beer. And the person is feeling pretty good, especially if they have two. And uh, again, just take all this to the Lord. Do you make excuses in order to exceed moderation? Or do you plan activities around alcohol? I remember people 
you know, that do, do like to drink Christians, they plan every, I mean, why do you have to have alcohol at your four-year-old's party? Why do you have to have it at this? Why do you have it? It's like all the time. And that, that to me tells me there is a problem. And unfortunately, these people don't like to talk about this. You know, those who struggle with this, they just, they're full of excuses and, and, you know, you'll never convince them until tragedy struck, strikes. But for those in the middle, I'm trying to just kind of give you an, an insight onto or into what going down this road could look like. Um, I mean, do you argue? If you have to argue and try to justify your position, you might have a problem there. Paul said, even those who have freedoms, even those who have freedoms, that not everything is good for us. We should not become a slave to anything. Check out 1 Corinthians 6.12. Another good test is if you own a breathalyzer, you might be crossing the line more than you think. We are reminded in 1 Peter 2.16 that many use liberty to hide a sin. They cloak it. They cloak their vice, the Bible would say. In other words, they have a vice. I have a vice. It's a bad thing. But I cloak it. I hide it because of my liberty. And that's not good. If these points raise concerns, I encourage you to say, Lord, I've been wrong. Remove my carnality. Crush my pride. Draw me closer to you. I repent of my sin and turn completely and unconditionally to you. Lord, you guide me. In our freedom, we can become a liability to ourselves and others. And the message of the gospel is compromise. It's often not if alcohol consumption causes damage, but when it will cause the damage. Ephesians 5.15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Pastor John MacArthur states that he states what many of us feel, but we seldom discuss. He said this, it is irresponsible for any pastor to encourage the recreational use of intoxicants, especially in church-sponsored activities. Amen to that one. Amen. And he goes on to say, the ravages of alcoholism and drug abuse in our culture are too well known, and no symbol of sin's bondage is more seductive or more oppressive than booze. And I couldn't agree more. The trend of young Christian leaders consuming alcohol on a regular basis is alarming. Many will look back and regret the damage that was done to lives and churches and to their own testimony. And I can think of a handful of people uh, that had this supposed liberty, but, you know, a decade ago, but now it, it has destroyed their life. And they, they just had a few now and then, but turned into more. And then they want, you know, rum and Coke. And then they want, you know, gin and tonic. And then they need two at night. And then now they, you know, it, it helps them get through the day. And it's just, it's, 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 it's like a drug. You, 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 you can't, you can't monitor an addiction. An addiction will fully consume you. Many counseling appointments are made because of alcohol and drug abuse. And to, if you add to that number, domestic violence cases and children, uh, child abuse and, and things like that because of alcohol. What about the sex trafficking? We can, we can no longer ignore its dangers. Give me a break. Alcohol abuse among other addictions presents a sad commentary on the spiritual condition of our nation. So let's considering the, consider the following based on the Bible, and then I'll let you go. The Bible never encourages crossing the line. With today's promotion and acceptance of alcohol, many people easily cross the line. They, they bring out their private collection of hard liquor after having a few drinks, or they, 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 they make it part of their, you know, just pretty much part of everything. The Bible never encourages us to cross the line in this area. Uh, next, we assume that the alcohol content today is the same as Jesus's day. It wasn't. It was more like in an old duels, you know, had a small fraction of alcohol. The next point, some say Jesus ate and drank with sinners. Yes, he did. But there's no suggestion that he purposely took on their look, as John MacArthur would say. 
There's no suggestion that he got drunk with them and this. He ate and drank with them to minister to them. That was, you know, his, 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 um, his, uh, ministry. But to suggest that he drank a lot and was tipsy, I mean, it, it's just, it's just bizarre. Uh, Jesus did not drink often. That's the next point. Uh, next, Jesus was filled with the spirit. Holiness flowed from every area of his life. This cannot be said of those who consume alcohol regularly. It, it's, 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 it, it, you can't have the full, fullness of the spirit and also be consuming this addiction on a regular basis. Next, in Jesus's day, in Jesus's day, society was what much, much more isolated. Again, we cannot even calculate how many people are affected by our silly posts on social media, flexing our liberty and hurting others. It's, it's really, it's pride, it's arrogance, and it's being immature um, when we do those things. So let me conclude with this. In our freedom, we can become a liability to ourselves, others, and the message of the gospel. Why would we willingly walk into the enemy's camp? So again, a person who enjoys his freedom now and then, that's up to them. I don't hear from them much. They're not posting things. They're not in your face about it. They're not convicted by what I just read. They understand, hey, it's a liberty I enjoy now and then. But those who have crossed the line, this, this type of, of podcast uh, is going to, or audio, audio version of the book, this chapter is going to really ruffle feathers because it's hitting home. It's calling them out. And I don't think it's possible uh, to walk this line perfectly. Either, you know, you've, you choose to have alcohol regularly, and I believe you're crossing the line. It is an addiction. Or you choose to abstain, which is wise as well. Or you're those who can, you know, enjoy one now and then, and it, it, you don't have an addictive personality, and so you can manage that. But I would say nine out of ten people that I deal with cannot deal. Can, I would say this: it is a problem. Uh, might not be a huge problem, but it is hurting their health. It's hurting their cardiovascular system. It's hurting their lev- liver. It's hurting their walk with the Lord. Even though they're not a full out blown drunk alcohol blackout, you know, twelve pack every night, you know, they're 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 definitely altering, um, you know, their health and different things. And there's other people who enjoy uh, some wine at night. Uh, I know some famous preachers um, that I've, I've followed, and they've opened up about it, you know, in their biographies or something. It's like you know, nobody knew it. It didn't take them down. They were able to exercise that liberty because they knew their body and they knew their body well. So that's the thing is know your boundaries. And if you, if you have an addictive personality and you're going to have too much, or even if you think, you know, a couple shots of whiskey, you know, that, that, that's going to get you buzzing. You know, you're going to feel that a big L beer, you know, 16 ounce, you know, 9% IPA, you're going to feel that. And so I just think we need to be careful, at least be honest, at least be honest. And don't say it's no big deal. You know that's legalistic. Say, yeah, you know, I can I can see how this could be a problem. I I I, I respect people who are honest. Um, those those who try to hide behind this liberty and it's just it's a facade to me. It's kind of fake. And so anyway, hope that helps uh, you in this pursuit of following God even more deeply than you currently are, and, and getting rid of these addictions and trying to get uh, get back on track. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode.
Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.